This section starts off with a quick review of some relevant energy concepts, such as the difference between kinetic and potential energy and the nature of conservative forces. The key ideas in that review are that kinetic energy is proportional to the product of mass and the square of the speed. Potential energy comes in several different forms, including gravitational and elastic, and that for conservative forces, the change in an object's potential energy is related to the work done by the force. We also make the point that the value of the potential energy depends on an object's position, but it's only the change in the potential energy that has any physical significance. To analyze the energy and power in a string wave, we begin by writing down expressions for the kinetic and potential energies, and then adding up those two types of energy to get the total mechanical energy for each cycle of the wave. The kinetic energy of a string segment is 1 half mv squared, and in equation 415, we've written the kinetic energy of a segment in terms of the segment's mass, which is mu, the mass density, times dx, the segment length, and in terms of the segment's transverse speed, dy dt. Make sure you note that equation 415 involves the partial of y with respect to t squared, not the second partial derivative of y. Finding the potential energy of a string segment takes a bit more work, because for potential energy, we can't ignore the effects of the slight stretching of the string produced by the wave. That's because potential energy depends on the work done by the tension forces in stretching or unstretching the string. That stretching is illustrated in figure 4.6. As you can see, at the positions of maximum displacement, the length of the segment, ds, is very nearly equal to the segment's horizontal extent, dx. But at positions near equilibrium, the segment is angled, and that means that the length ds is greater than the horizontal extent dx. Writing the segment length ds as the square root of dx squared plus dy squared, and using the binomial approximation, the amount of stretch ds minus dx is seen to be equal to 1 half times the partial of y with respect to x squared times dx. And the work done by the tension forces is just the tension t times that stretch. That's shown as the segment's potential energy in equation 416. Adding in the segment's kinetic energy and dividing by the segment's length gives the mechanical energy per unit length that's shown in equation 417. You can understand the physics of this expression for mechanical energy by looking at each term. The first term is proportional to the time derivative partial of y with respect to t squared, which is the square of the segment's transverse speed, just as you'd expect for kinetic energy. The second term is proportional to the square of the partial of y with respect to x, which is the amount by which the segment is stretched, as you expect for the segment's potential energy. These time and space derivatives are related through the wave function, f of x minus vt, as shown in equation 418, and a little manipulation leads to the simple expression for mechanical energy per unit length that's shown in equation 419. That's a handy expression for finding the power of a mechanical string wave, but before we get to that, we show an example involving the kinetic and potential energy of a sinusoidal string wave. The wave function for that wave is y of x and t equals capital A sine of kx minus omega t. And taking the appropriate time and space derivatives gives the kinetic energy shown in equation 420 and the potential energy shown in equation 421. Combining the kinetic and potential energies gives the total mechanical energy shown in equation 422. There's some interesting and subtle physics in these energy equations, and you can understand that physics by considering the plot of mechanical energy shown in figure 4.7. 
In that same figure, we've included a plot of the displacement just underneath the mechanical energy plot, and it's interesting to look at what happens at the locations for which the displacement is maximum. As you can see, at those locations, both the kinetic and the potential energy of the segment are zero. Now, you're probably not surprised by the kinetic energy being zero when the displacement is maximum, because at maximum displacement, the speed of the segment is zero as the segment reverses direction. But most students are quite surprised to see that the potential energy is also zero when the displacement is maximum, because at that point, the segment is farthest from its equilibrium position. And isn't potential energy supposed to be energy of position? Yes, it is. But that just means that potential energy depends on position, not that potential energy is always greatest when the object is farthest from equilibrium. That's true for a mass on a spring undergoing simple harmonic motion. But as you can see in equation 4.7, in this case, potential energy is related to the amount of stretch of the string. And that stretch is greatest as the segment moves through the equilibrium position. If you're worried about conservation of energy at the times when both the kinetic and potential energies are zero for a segment, rest assured that other segments of the string have non-zero energy at those times, so the total energy is indeed conserved. If you'd like to know the mechanical energy contained in one complete wavelength rather than over one small segment, we show you how to find that by integrating the mechanical energy over one wavelength at the end of this example. The last bit of business in this section is to determine the power of a transverse wave on a string, which you can do by multiplying the mechanical energy per unit length, that is, joules per meter, by the wave speed, which is meters per second. Multiplying those joules per meter times meters per second gives you joules per second, which are watts, the SI units of power. Doing that gives the expression for power shown in equation 423, which contains a very important quantity called the impedance, Z, of the medium, which you'll meet again if you venture into section 4.5. The example at the end of this section shows the power of the wave in several different forms, which you can see in equation 424. The last section of this chapter deals with wave impedance, reflection, and transmission.